good for me because I have adopted a rule now that not to eat after 4 p.m. Is that like a Gremlins thing? <laughs> it's uh, like I had a burrito, a Chipotle, an hour and a half before we went on stage in Denver, oh, and no. <laughs> could feel it the whole time. Sort yeah. of rule. It's a Chipotle burrito. Yeah, and it's it's like swimming, right? I. <laughs> And I think also the fact that I know I was blaming the uh, the altitude in Denver mm. as well. So it just made that whole gig. I was like, I was floating in space, and the chipotle was floating inside me. So since then, I've not eaten after four p.m. on a gig day, which feels good. It means I go on stage. Since Denver, how long ago is Denver? Like ten days. Okay. It's good. So I, mean, it, I, it, after it, the show, I drink a lot of beer between yeah. four and yeah, it's nine. not. It's not like the uh, you don't get your like AA sobriety chip at ten no. days. No, absolutely not. This no. is just sort of a new thing that you're trying. Yeah, and it's it's one of the very few displays of self control I've ever <laughs> uh, made in my life, and I'm proud of myself. I've seen. Now I'm worried that you're going to get like low blood sugar and pass out on stage. No, no danger of that. Passing out on stage possibly, yeah. but just to, due to general unfitness and <laughs> consumption of alcohol. How long have you been? Uh, you've been touring the states for a while now, right? Yeah, not long enough. Um, oh. Well, th- this this tour that was so wistful. Yeah, th- th- so this tour is date fifteen of okay. sixteen. So tomorrow's the last show. Okay, that's a that's an okay run, right? Yeah, I mean it's, it's a big country. Granted, it's a big country, and there's still plenty of people across the country complaining that we've not yeah. uh, gone close enough to them, which I empathise with because I wish that we could cover Texas, Florida. A lot, mm. but um, we we all work day jobs as well, yeah. so we had to sort of coordinate our holiday time off work uh, to be here. So we it's our first full, well, semi full U.S. tour for five years. So we're just really happy to be here. I had seen you guys at the Bowery Ballroom, okay, two thousand eight, right? Quite possible, yeah. Or 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Was that with Titus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was just trying, trying to wrap my brain around how long ago 2008 was now. Yeah. It's, I don't know what's going on. No, this, it's, this is what aging is. The amount of people, like yesterday, somebody at the show um, came up to me after and was like, I've been listening to your band since I was 13. Mm. And, and that's where in my head I'm like, stop there. Please don't say yeah. anymore. And now I'm 23. Yeah. And I'm just like, Ah, I'm so old. Um, And that's been happening a lot. Like, so many people, like... (laughs) I'm sorry to break it to you, but you're going to get to a point where the kids of the first generation of fans are going to start coming out. And then... Yes, I was... So we played um, Pittsburgh about five nights ago. And after the show, uh, a dude called Peyton, who's 11 years old, was there. And he (laughs) afterwards when people were leaving the venue, Jason got him up on stage to have a go on his drum kit and he's with his dad and his dad was showing us videos of like where Peyton got on stage at a Deer Hunter concert and was <laughs> play, like playing during the concert yeah. um, as part of like some 20 minute jam at the end of the gig and so that was uh, slightly disconcerting but it came, it's funny how your mind sort of wanders during a gig and because I have to be careful that I don't, stop singing but like you, <laughs> inevitably you do like i don't know yeah you get a train of thought during the song yeah. and, and i was thinking oh god oh, it's not gonna be too much longer until people who were born after our band formed start coming to gigs so we're we're 11 our band is 11 this year so a couple we always play all ages concerts so i think a couple of years time that's going to be the case and that's going to be really tough to take i think you know you're one of the few 
indie bands, especially from that time period, who I would say, yeah, I would totally bring. Like, I could see how a 13-year-old would be into this, like, in, in the best way possible. Because like, I remember, again, I remember seeing you in, like, 2008, back when I saw a lot of shows. And I just remember thinking, like, these, A, there's seven of them. Mm-hmm. And B, they're having fun. And if you gave a couple of them trumpets, like, this would be a ska band. In the best <laughs> yeah. way possible. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can get on board with that. I wish I could play the trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I always think that it would be nice if I could play an instrument that I could sort of augment certain parts of the of the set with, and I always think a trumpet would be yeah. nice. But now you say it, I would definitely just end up turning this full <laughs> for the best. Of the but in, but it was it was this thing like I just I remember I remember seeing you guys and having this revelation because like you know I was a te- I was a teenager at a time when ska was really big and and you know sort of growing up I just remember music just getting a lot more dour mm-hmm. and it was nice to see. Just a bunch of friends having fun on stage. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's kept us like going for the decade that we have been. I mean, we've had lineup changes along the way, but I think every one of those changes has happened at the right time mm. for the person who's wanting to go on to try something else. And also for for us as a band, because every time somebody new has come in, they've had this, if there's been any danger of us getting a little bit I don't know, complacent or yeah. bored certainly not the right word because it's never boring, but, you know, just sort of taking it for granted a little bit. Somebody new coming into the band and experiencing all these things for the first time, mm. that, that enthusiasm rubs off it's on us. a fresh set of eyes. And I think now that we don't, because we, now we're all working proper jobs and don't get to do this very often, this US tour has felt like our first US tour again. And it's been, it's been the most fun we've we've ever had touring which now that we're all in our 30s i think fair play to us for for, for being able to to power on through that but um yeah god forbid the, there's a rock band older than their 30s <laughs> yeah but i think but going back to what you said about the fact that because we always i think one of the yeah. perceptions of us is that we have fun and i and we are a group of friends playing a concert which you don't get with every yeah. band if we lost that then we would lo- we would not be worth seeing um because we'd just be going through sad renditions of old songs but as it happens we we are still super excited to play every single night and and uh the fact that we're all still best mates and can can do that i'm 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 proud of us for that you can actually get away with being a band in that scene and having fun when you like when you sing about sadness it's that's the other side it's um it is a weird one I, i can deal with it now but it used to be really sort of i guess around sort of the fourth album uh, we released, which was actually called Hello Sadness, yeah, yeah. and was like entirely about a breakup and mental health and stuff. And 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 to be fair, it, the last th- like three records taken together all have fairly depressing titles. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Even maybe even the last five. Maybe every. Maybe every. Yeah. Yeah. Got a good, a good form for that. Yeah. But, sticking um, fingers in the sockets was a pretty positive <laughs> message for the kids. We. Um, but I, I think when I was singing those songs, and I'd see people like in the audience smiling, jumping yeah. around. Singing, I was kind of like, "But I'm really sad. How how can you be enjoying this? Yeah. I'm so sad." But now it's like. Um, I think the relationship we have with people that like our band is really is certainly really special to us, and the amount of people who you see enjoying the concert, and then they'll come up afterwards and be like, "You really helped me with like um, my mental health issues or an eating disorder that I was struggling with, things like that." That's just like you don't expect that when you start a band, and when people 
come and tell you their stories and how much our band has meant to them that's like really affirming stuff so it's uh, that this tour has been particularly full of that i think perhaps because it's five years since we've hit most of these stops yep. in north america yep. lots of people seeing us for the first time um which is really encouraging that people are still seeing us for the first time and hearing those stories has been is totally overwhelming but really rewarding you know, I heard you talking about this. I thought it was funny that, that you got feedback from people basically asking you why you don't like change the musical style more. But you know, I, I remember because there was for me there was a little bit of a little bit of a gap. You know, I wasn't religiously following the bands, and then the last record came out, and I was like, oh my god, this is. I mean, it's obviously the same band, but you clearly matured a lot. It's weird because, um, the. the some people complain, oh, Lost Campesinos haven't checked, haven't evolved at all. They're the, they're still yeah. just a, a indie rock band, whatever. And it's like I would agree with that to a certain degree. But then other people would be like, oh, I really miss their early sound. Why are they all serious yeah. now? And it's like you can't have both. You got to decide yeah. which one it is. But I think we we're very aware that we're you know we're a, a guitar rock band, and I think we have um, we have changed as a band. Our our ability as songwriters and musicians is is grown exponentially because that first album was the first songs tom had ever written first like 12 songs he'd ever written and it was some of us in the band then had only taken up their instruments like 18 months two years before so um and tom's ability as a songwriter and as as a producer musician since then has grown so much that i think it's a it's incredibly unfair to suggest that we are the same band that we were 10 years ago but equally We've never felt the need to take a like a sharp left turn in in the yeah. sort of music we're creating, and I think that's because because we've never been a cool band and we've never latched onto any trend. We've we've been able to just attempt to perfect what we've done, and and I'm ple- I'm pleased with the, the run that we've that we've had on that. And I think most people who the reaction to the to the new one six scenes has been like way more than we expected in terms of just the amount of people on on social media and stuff just saying this is your best album yet i've each one you've done i've I've preferred to the last and i didn't expect that to continue and and that's like that's that's great to hear do do you do you set certain expectations for yourself as far as um how popular an album is going to be you know obviously whether you can tour on it um is that it does is that part of what keeps you going you know if 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 this album specifically if if nobody if nobody cared yeah you know, hypothetically um you know is it is it time to just kind of pack it up because this is obviously you know something that you you can't sustain yourself with the band no i think that that's the one thing that would cause us to to stop i don't th- the band would never I sincerely believe that Los Campesinos will never break up because there will never be any reason for us to because we are all best of friends. We might stop making music, but we'll still exist as a band. The band to us is way more than just seven people making music. It's seven mates. It's But, but, it, but it's seven people who don't all live in the same city. And the fact that you're mm, able to do that is... Yeah. It, it's, it sounds like a tremendous undertaking every time. Um, It, it kind of is, but it's... But it's worth it. I mean, it's it's getting to play shows, and it's worth. We don't we don't play anywhere near as many gigs as we used yeah. to. Sort of when I think maybe like twenty ten. I, I worked it out not too long ago, and and we, you know, we we were on. We did a a, a stay in the U S. over the period that we were recording. Romance is boring. That lasted 
like five months hmm. we were in the states um and i look back on that now and i can't believe that that was the case but i think yeah i think the only way the uh, only thing that would make us think oh it's not worth making another record is if people stop caring we're not worried about um sales don't really mean much to us because we're never going to sell enough to to really make any money from it so but 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 sales certainly means something when you're in a sense self-supporting right i mean you were kind of, you were behind the release of this album if yeah. this album didn't do well you you probably wouldn't have been able to really tour on it yeah but i th- or yeah. it was t-shirts right or you sold a lot of well, uh, soccer jerseys we, we sell, yeah so we funded it by we funded the album by s- selling 10th anniversary commemorative soccer jerseys which we hoped we might sell a hundred, and we sold a thousand of them in a week. Which, boom! That was the recording yeah. paid for. It was in- incredible, way way quicker than we expected. Recordings paid for. It was also oh yeah, no people probably want something yeah. new from us. If Absolutely, they're buying our that was very important in terms of because we did have a period of time where it was like, is it worth doing anymore? Some people that yeah. we we stopped working with by them were kind of encouraging us to break up to not be a band anymore. <laughs> Um, I think because they just got bored or perhaps because they weren't really making any money from yeah. us. But now that we are self I, I think I take that base level of knowing that people, so much of our fan base has been with us for a decade. Mm. And if that, if suddenly those people were to be like, ah, no, I'm over that and all to drop off, then that would be devastating to, to us personally and also to any sort of, for it to be sensible for us to be a band. It just wouldn't make sense anymore. That's great, and that's a really important part of being a band. But, you know, as far as, like, making new things, in a way, isn't the most important thing that new people are coming on board? Yes, but it's not a consideration for us. I, I And I, I'm not suggesting that that's sensible, but I think <laughs> um, we we make... <sighs> We make records to please ourselves, and we. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying you know change your sound. No, and no, no. On, but but it's you know I mean that has to be the most heartening thing of all is that mm. there are with every subsequent record there there are new people, and as you said, like especially if it's been five years since you've been t- to this enormous yeah. country of ours, there are people who w- would have never have seen you. Totally, and so th- within the set, I this just this is like uh be- like behind the. Breaking the fourth wall. We call that inside baseball here. (laughs) Right, okay. So there's one part in the set where we play two songs from the first record back to back. And before that, I've been asking, like, who was here last time we played in New York and Cheer All Up? And then uh, how many of you are seeing us for the first time? And the cheer for seeing us for the first time is every single night has been louder than the cheer. And that's partly because the first timers are younger and so more excited and louder. And it's kind of a little bit worrying because it's like well where are the people that have seen us before that haven't come back what did we do wrong there but the fact that like you can't think you can't no, think about that no they all die they yeah. all <laughs> yeah yeah they have yeah too many demons related to los campesinos <laughs> that they can't yeah. cut, dare to come back to live they all through. died of old age in the last 10 years <laughs> yeah yeah much like <laughs> ourselves um but that's like so encouraging and the fact that after gigs we always do all ages gigs where we can and so um like 14 year olds coming up after gigs and like with their parents so many parents who've been dragged along to gigs somebody last night whose 
mother had driven him like four hours and they were driving back for four hours tonight and she was patiently going around taking photographs of her son with each member of our band and just like totally happy to be doing it it seemed and and that that's still happening is is really heartening and i hope we can keep that up it's a little ironic but i have to think a, a large part of your success early on was that you didn't put too much pressure on yourselves you know again getting back to this idea of like just a bunch of friends having fun together you know i think what breaks up a lot of bands is if they get too serious if they put mm. unrealistic expectations yeah and i think um related to that part of our enduring success has been Success in inverted commas. Do you ever but... think you'd be able to say the words enduring success? I know, right? <laughs> in, in, it, the word enduring is more appropriate than yeah. success there, but um, is the fact that we were a flop from the start because we were we were hyped. <laughs> well, we were hyped as this like yeah, we were going to be this huge thing, and we we signed for a huge uh, advance from a mm. record label. Um, we signed a huge publishing advance. We had the song "Yumi Dancing," which everybody loved, and then. Almost immediately, we decided that that wasn't quite the sort of music that we wanted to be writing. And Your hit song was not the sort of music you wanted to be writing? I, I mean, it's a great song. I wouldn't <laughs> change it for the world. I'm so happy. It, it, yeah. Budweiser paid us a ton of money uh. to use it in an advert, and that money kept us touring for years. Yeah. That's why we were able to tour so frequently for a long period of time, because Budweiser splashed out big on it. But we realized that we weren't going to... It, like, I don't think we would be able to... When bands try to rewrite sure. a similar song, it's 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 dangerous. Sure. Um, and we knew, I guess, we'd seen enough bands that we like tried to do that to know that it wasn't worth doing. Um, but yeah, so we signed all these huge money advances. It became quickly apparent that we weren't going to make that money. We have by now. We don't owe anyone any money by now, but it's taken ten years. Mm. Um, so that immediately meant that people didn't expect much from us and that uh, that's allowed us to just do what we want with each release and and thankfully wichita the label that signed us from the start has been they love us and they sure they probably would have liked it if we were superstars and made them a ton of money sure. but they're not holding it against us so I, I suppose it's it's all relative and and subjective and certainly looks different from the outside but um you know you were you guys were one of the big sort of like blog rock bands yeah, is what they used yeah. to call them I mean, I saw, you know, it's funny. I just saw, I, I saw clap your hands say, yeah, for mm. the first time in however many years. And, you know, it, you guys were kind of like right along that same time. And it did seem like this band who has an EP out mm. is the kind of a big thing. So, that, I mean, that, that there, there is real success real fast, but you just didn't achieve that other level. Yeah, I, I think clap your hands say, yeah, or... Uh... A very good example. They were also signed to Wichita in in the UK. Um, they were one of the first gigs that me, Tom, and Neil sort of went on a date together to see, like just as the band was forming. Saw them band in Cardiff, date. yeah. And when we were all sort of sounding each other out. Well, <laughs> me and Neil had been friends for a couple of years then, so it's probably like, yeah. what's this Tom guy yeah, yeah, yeah. about? Um, and yeah, and signed to Wichita and similar time. But then I think they probably they well obviously they did have that bit more success which probably made them expect more. I think the other big example from that sort of time when we were forming and first releasing is probably Black Kids, mm. who I mean met them lovely people, but like they they did feel the wrath of the sort of 
the hype that they it wasn't their fault they got that hype but because they didn't immediately live up to it they were sort of lampooned by most of the music press and you and you know as well as anybody in the world that uh you are you're beholden to the potentially poor mistakes someone might have made with name choices <laughs> Which yeah. I think they probably suffered from that a bit. Yeah, probably. And I'm sure that that's had an interesting impact on your career. Yeah, I, a Spanish band name. Yeah, and I, <laughs> it's a, it's a, I, I don't like our band name, and I, I feel, uh, more and more, I, I, I hate it with each release. I think it's been great for us because it has enabled us to play in South America. <laughs> Lots of people in South America like us that probably listen to us okay. off the back of so the... not like playing to a very disappointed crowd in south america no there was one occasion um the first time we played in new york yeah. we played two nights in a row at mercury lounge uh-huh. and one of those two nights was on like a world music bill and so i think they were expecting a different sort of los campos sure. um but we we survived that that was fine but uh yeah i, I think the name I think we would be more successful if we had a better band name. That's a theory that I've been thinking up recently. I think the the exclamation point is stupid. Um, but I can imagine. What I think is the most successful band name with an exclamation? Probably Panic at the Disco. Okay, but they removed theirs. Yeah. Um, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, do you still have the exclamation point at the end? Yeah, although a lot of venues yeah. would don't necessarily. One thing that I put on the rider this time is, <laughs> please ensure that any signage throughout the throughout the building on the day of the gig includes the exclamation mark. You just said that you didn't like it, though. I don't like it, but you it think is what it is. is important. It, it, yeah. Do you think somebody would come and not see the exclamation mark and think that it was another Los Campesinos? Um, <laughs> I no, I I I, I don't think so, <laughs> and it, I. I but people, I'm always really impressed when like people tweet about us and they deliberate. They do include the exclamation yeah. mark. I think, well, we appreciate it. Thank you, because yeah. then they inevitably have to go through the rigmarole of because when you put the exclamation point, yeah, it in, kills the, next, the link or yeah, yeah and yeah. the next letter will auto capitalize. Yeah, so they have to go back, change it lowercase. Oh, the things again. that people do to support your band. I know, right? But um, yeah, I, I think that that name is a silly name. But then I don't know. All band names are stupid, really. It sounds like it was it was those teach those uh, the jersey sales that inspired you to not just tour but actually put out another record. Yeah, I mean, we knew we wanted to, and we always will want to, but it was kind of like where it, we needed us to know if other people wanted us to. I know that there's a whole rigmarole of getting everybody together mm-hmm. because you're you're back in uh, in, in England now, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of them are still in Cardiff, is that right? Uh, by now, it's one in Cardiff. Okay. I live um, in Bath yeah. in the southwest. Um, and we got two in... Uh, I've got to remember how many of us are in the band now. Two in uh, <laughs> n- near Brighton. Kim and Jason yeah. run their own tattoo studio, which is wow. a great yeah. bit, bit job to have. And then three in London. So only like by US standards, that's basically like two blocks apart. But, <laughs> so it's like... The, yeah. From one to the it's other, like it's Queens like Queens uh, in Brooklyn. Basically, it's like a th- yeah. like a three and a half hour drive from the furthest distances. But 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 there are, but there are seven of you. Mm-hmm. So so the idea of seeing everybody socially at the same time is probably a little much. We well, what we do now. So when we rehearse, we always um, 
we hate practicing we hate band practice so much because when we get together we just want to hang out and drink yeah. and whatever so we tend to we will have a weekend and we'll book the practice room for a saturday night and then we'll just go in at like 7 p.m set up all the gear go to the pub get drunk wake up sunday morning go to the studio and the gear is set up so we don't have to worry about it whilst we're hungover. So we we always make sure that we get to do things socially. And I mean, me, me and Kim are brother and sister, and Kim and Jason are a couple, and so we're always seeing each other one yeah. way or the other. I mean, that's it's, it's it's kind of amazing that that you. I mean, obviously there have been some changes, but that you all genuinely still like each other. We do, and I th- I think the um. I think the fact now, because we are all older and more sensible and a lot more easygoing than perhaps we were at some times. I'm one of the biggest corporates for that. I, I used to be a right pain in the ass and I've mellowed so much. And I, in, in what in what respect? Uh, any interviews that I did in the first two years of the band are like painful and I just seem like such an arsehole. Um, were you pretentious or were you oh, just absolutely, like yeah. Bob Dylan shitty? No, no, pretentious. Yeah. Sort of like... I like really um delighted to be in a band but then uh delighted to kind of were you taking the piss i wish that i was <laughs> i was very sincere but i was just i'd moan a lot and i'd yeah. i'd try to pick fights with bands and stuff and i'd be dismissive of things i'm, I'm that you know just... did i mean did, did you early on did you hate talking about the process no, I think I would have loved it. I think that was oh. the problem. I think so people I, weren't asking you enough questions about the music? I was just happy to be being asked questions. Yeah. It's just like, because we... Before <laughs> you were being so shitty about it. Um, No, I just like the sound of my own voice a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd, I'd like, I'd yeah. talk myself into corners and then inevitably the angle or like one th- one throwaway comment that I'd make in an interview would become... The headline. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've done that. Or, yeah i mean of course yeah absolutely but the but then you know <laughs> I'd, I'd willfully just slag off bands that yeah. had no reason to be slagging off yeah. or making points that just weren't relevant or i i wanted everyone to know how cool i was how co- great my music taste was and yeah how alternative i was and and now i look back on that and think man why were you trying so hard and like I, i'm a lot uh more content now that I've given up on such things. We were talking about sort of being a more, a more mature songwriter. I don't know if that necessarily always comes goes hand in hand with with mellowing out. No, I. I mean, certainly there's you know there's still a lot of sing-alongs, but there are slow songs where there didn't used to be slow songs. Yeah, I think that's probably probably because I think we used to try to write slow songs, but then we just couldn't play them slow it's like we'd we'd get carried away and uh i think the thing that the ramones taught us all is that um you can get away with a lot more if you just play it really fast yeah and that was a big our first few years as a band it really was a case of just like get on stage rattle through the songs and you know people won't notice the just how bad it was because we were just powering through it and these days it's kind of the same. I think it, I think it is the same, but the difference is now we are a good live band, yeah. and so uh, we can just we can take that approach to it. But it will still the representations of the songs are still good, and uh, and 
and we can get away with it. Were you, as as somebody who writes lyrics, were you afraid, you know, of uh, of what would happen if people knew what you were saying? Um, and it's easier to. Uh, I mean, that, you know, that's. I guess that's like that's what REM taught us is that you know you can get away with. I mean, not that he's not a great lyricist, but you know, it's when when you can put a song out there and people can really. Um, put their own stuff on it you can get away with a lot more people take away meanings you would have never intended mm. no i um i don't know I've, I've always been a big fan of a lyric sheet so i'm always happy yeah. to put everything down there and people to to read it and then obviously people do interpret it in whatever they way applies to them and that's that's something i used to struggle with a lot but that's great um struggle from the standpoint of that you know you want to take force your own meaning on them yeah absolutely like people being um <laughs> i think one of the things that annoys me most with when i read interviews with songwriters is when they say and then i finished the song and i realized what it was about i was writing about this it's like the muse no. the muse was uh consuming like, them no you were writing nonsense yeah and you have now applied a meaning to it yeah which is fine but sure. don't pretend otherwise and so when i i used to be like no this is what this song is about do not get it wrong and these days i realize that that's a very like a very like unnecessary approach to it and that whatever people want to get out of the songs is is great and it's just if it if if it helps people in any way or they get any sort of enjoyment out of it, I'm absolutely fine with it now. But um, yeah, in terms of, I've always been, the one thing that I've always wanted to be as a songwriter is just honest and open. And I like to be specific in, in how I'm saying things. I, I, I don't tend to like to speak in sort of broad strokes. I like to zone in on things and, and really break it down and, You've gotten a little, I think maybe a little better with metaphor, though. I think, yeah, I think No Blues was a record where I did yeah. a lot of, I think Six Scenes now is a bit more plain spoken, um, but No Blues. You, do have, you do have the uh, the football track that it maybe isn't really about football. Yeah, I think that's, most of them are about football. Right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so there are metaphors in that, that you're singing about relationships, but yeah. they're actually about yeah. football. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, football is, is I think, is a, is a good example of how uh that's a reference point that i mean obviously football is soccer is hugely popular and so a lot of people it connects with um a lot of people a lot of people hear those things and it won't make much sense to them but it doesn't matter because they'll be enjoying the melody or the music or just the, the general atmosphere of the song and my favorite is when it's people who they hear it they don't know what it means so they Google it, they go on Wikipedia, they uh, go on genius.com or whatever, and then they and then they learn what it's about. And then maybe they bring it into their own vocabulary or they uh, they take an interest. You know, a few people have come up and said, I got into soccer because no. of your band. Absolutely. No. Yeah, genuinely. And that's like <laughs> amazing. Yeah. That's like, that's a great power. Yeah. It's funny. I have this thing. I wonder if you're this way too. People will... People will compliment me on something that I've done, you know, and, and this especially holds when it's something that I've done a while ago, you know, that I've I've moved on. I think I'm a much better writer now. And I have to suppress the uh, sort of the, the, the instinct to kind of get angry and correct them and tell them that that wasn't the best thing that I had done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's such a bad impulse. The So we did a, a piece that went up online just this week for... Uh, an article on noisy where we 
ranked our first five albums. Yes. And I think one thing... As, as a band? Me and Tom, yeah. Okay. Um, we had a really great uh, Skype conversation uh, with a journalist and uh, her name's Emma and she represented us very well. We, we came out of it okay. Um, but um, And one thing that's always been apparent is that people's order of favorite Lost Come Seals albums is everybody's yeah. got a different order and that's great that that's makes a good me, sign yeah right? that makes me feel yeah. like we haven't made any truly terrible albums <laughs> um but yeah when people do come up and i i'm a i there was a period of time where i was really harsh on the first record and and i'm not anymore because it's what gave us all these opportunities and why we're here now but so you're still harsh on the standpoint that you don't feel like it's as good of a record same as you same as you with your yeah yeah, yeah. okay um, that you've that you're just better at yeah. everything now and then so somebody will be like Oh, that's my favorite song you've ever done. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I should have just quit then. Packed it yeah. in, yeah. Or like one thing that <laughs> I've felt terrible that like there's one thing is when like somebody will come to me like, What's the song Drop It Doe Eyes about? The one from the first record. Yeah. And I'll be like No idea. Can't remember. <laughs> Literally wrote it ten years ago, could not tell you what it's about. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, loads of them. I, I can't, huh. I can't remember anymore. And then it's crazy because there's what, like you know, ten to ten to twelve songs on a record. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I think part of it is probably because, especially back then, it was yeah. a lot more nonsensical what I was writing. Yeah. It was just like good lines, and then I'll put them in. And you were trying to probably figure out how to write a song. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that was my first proper yeah. a- attempt at songwriting. And um, and then like another the other day in Denver, somebody came up and was like after a gig and like um this was after my burrito as well so not in a great <laughs> place a and um he said can you tell me what the song the blackbird the dark slopes about and i was like I've, I've not got i can't mate i've not got the energy <laughs> like, <laughs> I, my, I was trying to engage i was like if you could just email me then I'll, yeah just i'll tell you right, right but, now right now yeah <laughs> what, what is it what is it tell tell me right now let's get this on oh that's just loads of mental health and depression and, oh. and wanting to kill yourself and blah 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 that's probably part of the reason why i didn't in a want to weird bring way yeah after. you were really kind of <laughs> yeah. manifesting that. but i was just like oh no i can't do it i can't engage my brain in that way is depression a part of your life oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. um it's something by now that i <laughs> i don't know it's i mean you never life. really really have it under control no absolutely it it's kind of comes and goes if you're lucky yeah and it's the sort of thing now that i am like just really comfortable with in yeah. a in a like that's a bad thing to have to say, I guess. No, but... it's not because you're not, I mean, you're, you know, cause I, I've, I've, I've dealt with some of that as well. You're not ashamed of it. No. And, and I certainly was at one point, I was ashamed of, of the idea of depression. It just seemed like a silly thing. Absolutely. And I, I know that a lot of people feel like that. And so the fact that I don't, I'm very lucky that I don't, that's one of the good sides of it. Like I, I can speak openly about it. I'm happy to. And that's why a lot of people I think have come, come up to me and say that you you singing about it openly talking about it openly is yeah has really helped me but um it's just something it's something that exists it's something that i live with and sure it'd be great if i didn't have to but i don't expect to ever you know i don't feel like you ever fully you have you can you can live with it and you can le- learn how to exist alongside it but it's very hard to ever say nah it's done um but so my relationship with it is is it's good. The band helps a lot. Yeah. Like having that outlet to yeah. to write about things, and obviously the the gratitude and the and the compliments that get as a result make me feel better about things. But um, no, I, I'm I'm very lucky that I feel uh, 
I feel I can talk about it. It's a lot easier to deal with if you're not only busy, but have definite goals in sight. I mean, you know, if you're, if you know that there's an album on the horizon, if you know there's a tour on the horizon, you're either just too busy for it or you're genuinely enjoying it. Yeah, totally. I think that, um, the, yeah, it's it's because, so for the past sort of six months or so, I've been just focusing because we're self-managed now. I I manage the band. I, Hmm. um, so everything in the build up to the record release and the, and the tour has been overseen by myself and that's so it's a lot of work but it's Jesus. also a lot of because i've not been working in like an office environment as i was previously it's lots of time like at home on your own the best thing <laughs> the best thing in my life in the past uh like nine months has been it, pokemon it, go it's been the best thing <laughs> for my mental health that i have experienced in so long huh. i mean i say this completely sincerely and yeah. on the sort of a very like you say about it gets you outside got, yeah um it's, you know, I will walk 10 kilometers yeah. a day because that's my goal, to hatch that egg. It's so funny, you know, because I, I actually, my, my day job is writing about technology. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, early on, when it first really exploded, there were these stories coming out about, you know, like kids are getting exercise. It seemed like a kind of a really silly thing to me. And every time a week comes around, there's always these stories. But but genuinely, kids were actually get going outside yeah. for the first time yeah. in a long time. Yeah, and here we are. I've been playing since like July. Yeah, I'm level thirty three. I've got two hundred and fifteen Pokemon. Yeah. So you have accomplished something with your life. It it genuinely does feel like it's like it's like it's like Pokemon fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of is. It's and it's been amazing. Like on tour, getting to yeah, I've got Matoros, the U.S. specific Pokemon, um, and Jason plays it as well. So. We'll, we'll take the long way to anywhere to hit off a, a, a ton of poker stops. When we're crawling into a city, a, it's stuck in traffic. Everyone yeah. else is fed up. And me and Jason are like, this is great. We're getting this mileage. Yeah. And I walk in, we're, we're checking in at those poker stops. So, but yeah, that has been uh, a, a great friend of mine for the past nine months. There, there, has to be a, there has to be a legitimate sense of accomplishment just looking back. If you're on number six now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's it, crazy, right? Yeah. I've got um, got a record box at home that I keep everything we've ever released mm-hmm. in it, and that's the sort of thing. Like prior to coming away on this tour, I got everything out and I just looked through the six studio albums, the EPs, the numerous seven inches and zines that we've made, and it's just like I never expected. I never really wanted to be in a band anyway, and when we and when we did form this band, if I wasn't in this band, I wouldn't be in a band. Um, and we didn't expect anything. And now, 10 years down the line, for me to be able to look at those records and the memories that come with it and to think that I did these alongside my best mates is just like, it's the most incredible feeling. That like Just that one record box with a few Lost Campesino stickers on it that's got, that's that's my life's work sort of thing up to this point. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it, yeah, the, the, the feeling of achievement is, is fantastic. Do, do you feel the most proud of the most recent one you've done is that is that usually the case um yes because i think the thing with this one is it felt like because it wasn't necessarily certain that we get to do it there really is a sense of achievement and um because we did it all on our own I'm very proud of it for that you knew you were going to make a record yeah um but we didn't and and I know just in the way that I know that we'll we'll make another one as well at some yeah. point. But the fact that we didn't know when that would be, yeah, and that finally it did happen was like, 
just the pride for that was was like off the scale. And this was the longest gap between records. Yeah, so we um, it's like th- three and a bit years. Which, since... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, isn't all that long. Most bands. No, take... but because we were so prolific yeah. from the start, like two in the two in the same year to start things off, and then another one just eighteen months after, um, people did come to expect it from us. And then the fact that we weren't, I think people were questioning, oh, well, if they've not done one yeah. now, are they going to? Do you, do you think the gap helped? I think it's helped in the um, in the reception. I think that it has meant that more people have been... There, it was sort of... People had been waiting for it. And yeah. there was like a real sense of expectation that had, had, um, had built up and... Because people had got used to a record from us every year, maybe it was just like, oh, another Lost Campesinos album, great. And then sure. when there was a couple of years where there wasn't one, people started to have the opportunity to think, oh, I would like another new Lost Campesinos album. Withdrawals. And then it didn't come. Yeah. And then it still didn't come. And then when we started things rolling, that's when it really did seem like, I mean, as I said, the reaction to this has just been way more than we expected and the amount of people who've said to us i've been waiting five years to see you and so i think that i'm very glad we took the wait it was torture when we were having to wait and like feeling like we just wanted to get back at it yeah. and that we'd we'd always rather be touring than working day jobs and stuff but sort of financially and adult responsibilities that's not going to happen again so um yeah the fact that we had that time off has really made it all, all the better now. But how long of a gap are we actually talking about? So the, so the last album comes out, obviously you're touring on that for a little while. But we didn't, that's the didn't. thing. We literally didn't. We, um, I think that came out November 2013. We played maybe five shows in December in the UK and then we did four US shows mm. in, I think, January of 2014 and that was it. That was literally it. There was no West Coast shows. There was no, it's probably like two or three festivals in the summer, but that record came and went so quickly that um just in terms of reception no more in terms of the, where we were at with the label that we were mm. at at the time they were not um they kind of had enough and they weren't gonna put any money behind it to help us and they were not particularly enthusiastic so that's when shortly after that we sort of took over managing ourselves and everything since that from that point has been but, building but up. But I mean that's exactly the point when most people really start to kind of maybe rethink things. Yeah. Um, but that didn't that was never that never occurred to you? No, not at all. I think I'm the type of person that sees that as like I'll prove you wrong and that's like a great motivator for me. Yeah. I've always been that I think I'm like a uh I'm a huge sports fan as you know, so like that sense of being the underdog and, and having that challenge is something that I relish and we all did as a band. And as soon as people started to be like, eh, maybe you're done, that all of us unanimously were just like, we're not done. And, and, I, and we'd certainly not. There you go. That was Gareth of Los Campesinos. Thank you so much to him for taking the time to do that. A lot of fun. Uh, had that conversation at the uh, Warsaw in Brooklyn before their show i think the uh, last or second to last on the tour um was sitting in the green rain from an and, and uh, introducing myself to every single member of the bands as they, they came and went which is uh, seven seven people which which as i remarked in the conversation i think the 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 thing that made me uh really appreciate los campesinos 
early on. Um, aside from the fact that I'm pretty sure the first thing I ever heard from them was a really uh, awesome cover of a, a Pavement song, a song off of uh, an early Pavement EP that they they did uh, was was going to see them live at that uh, show at the uh, the Bowery Ballroom, and they're just being seven of them, like seven twenty year olds, just having a lot of fun and um you know the realization that uh all of these i was seeing so many just sort of like dour and mopey indie rock bands at the time and and it had been a while since i'd seen that many people on stage having that much fun and um really just kind of reminded me of uh seeing it going to see the uh, ska bands back in the day um and my relationship with the bands over the years, you know, as, and, and again, I think it's something I, I touched on a little bit during the conversation was, you know, I, I think I sort of uh, fell out for a little bit there. Um, you know, no, no, certainly, certainly uh, nothing having to do with the band, but you know, they're putting out an album of a year, uh, album or so a year, and I, I lost track a bit there in the meantime. And then uh, a couple of years ago, they put out the record No Blues um, and was just completely blown away. I, obviously the same band, but it just had totally matured and had put together far and away at the time their their best album. Um, but, and they've just continued to get better since then. A new record came out in February 16th. Highly recommend that as well. Uh, really big fan of the bands. Really glad that I had a chance to uh, sit down with Garrett. Really fun conversation. So thanks so much to him. Thanks to uh, Amanda at Chromatic for setting that up. Uh, thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you do like the show, you can uh, maybe kind of sort of consider supporting us over on Patreon. Uh, we no longer run ads on the show, so we are actually generating this program at a loss right now. Uh, so if you'd like to toss a little bit of money our way for, for uh, hosting fees and things like that, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, if not, the easiest way to support us is to either A, tell some friends, or B, uh, rate us and write a review at a place like iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Uh, greatly appreciated. Those help uh, build uh, some uh, whatever weird algorithms iTunes uses to rank podcasts. It helps us on that end, um, obviously. And when we're trying to get some, uh, some some guests for the show, it helps there as well. So uh, please do that. If you've got any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL-related information. Uh, like us on Facebook. And I think that's about all I got. So stick around because we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL. 